We hear a lot this week about bodies and about one body in particular as we reach the culmination of our preparation for Easter. We hear about the Lord taking bread and mysteriously saying, This is my body. We hear about sweat like great drops of blood falling from Jesus' forehead as he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, about him being beaten, mocked, and crowned with thorns, about his body being nailed to a cross to die an agonizing death through suffocation, and about the burial of his dead body in Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. This is disturbing, and rightly so. When the day of resurrection comes a week from now, it might be tempting to forget about all this, to feel that the physical aspects of Holy Week, with all their literally gory detail, have been transcended. It might be tempting to have, if you will, a spiritualized, even a sanitized Easter, which has little to do with the Lord's very real suffering and death. But if we do so, we will fail to understand the nature of Easter triumph and the reason for Easter joy. Holy Week reminds us as we prepare for Easter that bodies matter and that what happens to bodies matters. Throughout his ministry, Jesus healed people with needy and broken bodies, longing for their wholeness and knowing that our mental and spiritual well-being is intimately connected with our bodily health. In the last week of his life, his caring for people in this way continued unabated. Even as he was suffering, he cared for the suffering. When in the Garden of Gethsemane, a disciple cut off the ear of the high priest's slave, Jesus touched his ear and healed him. At the Last Supper, John's Gospel tells us, Jesus expressed his care for the disciples' bodies as well as their souls by the very physical act of washing their feet. He also gave them the Eucharist so that in their everyday lives they would have a tangible physical means of knowing his presence with them, which they would take into their own bodies as we do today. The day after the supper, the day on which Jesus was crucified, he continued to reach out in love to particular people who were hurting. No doubt he empathized with Simon of Cyrene, who was forced to carry the cross, as he did with the women of Jerusalem, with whose burdens he was familiar. He identified even with the criminals who were crucified on either side of him. According to John's Gospel, he commended his mother Mary to the disciple John's care, and he commended him to her care. When he breathed his last, he completed his offering of his whole self, body and soul. The Lord's body was not left behind in God's act of resurrection on the third day. Everything that he had offered in love, his whole self was caught up in new life. His risen life included a glorious form of embodiment, different from how he was before, 
yet recognizable. This is the ultimate testimony that the body as well as the spirit matters to God. Christ's redeeming work includes even seemingly hopeless physical situations, including death. Jesus, as the apostles came to proclaim boldly, is Lord of all, and the physical realm is not beyond his power. His victory involves not only hearts and minds, but bodies. He is alive, not just in people's hearts and minds, but in the fullest sense. And thanks be to God, we share in that victory through grace. We have hope of full resurrection. If we want to be where Christ is and share in that resurrection, we must engage fully in the realm of embodied humanity, even as he did through his last hour. Rowan Williams, the former Archbishop of Canterbury, writes that to be a Christian, to be baptized, and I'm quoting, is not to claim an extra dignity, but to claim a new level of solidarity with other people. To be a Christian is to be affected, you might say even contaminated, by the mess of humanity. This is very paradoxical. Baptism is a ceremony in which we are washed, cleansed, and recreated. But it is also a ceremony in which we are pushed in the middle of a human situation that may hurt us. End of quotation. In other words, in baptism, we join Jesus in putting our lives on the line, our souls and bodies. Why? For the healing of the universe, working with Jesus, for the advancement of God's reign, knowing that whatever happens, the power of God's love keeps us safe, body and soul. And so we dare big. We dare to follow our baptismal covenant in respecting and standing up for the dignity of every human being. This means repenting of whatever racism we have in us and regarding bodies of all colors as equally worthy of care and respect. It means caring about the suffering of refugees, including those whose religion differs from our own. It means standing against those at home and abroad who treat women as objects to be used rather than as equal human beings. It means feeding the hungry and clothing the naked. It means working and praying for an end to wars which empower and enrich some at the great expense of others. It means believing that all good things are possible through the power and grace of God despite all appearances to the contrary. Our Easter victory will not be removed from the messy and in many ways horrible world we face during Holy Week. Rather, our Easter victory will be in the midst of it. We anticipate this on Good Friday when, even as we contemplate the crucifixion, we act as a priestly people lifting up the church and the world to God's saving power through our Lord, who is crucified and yet fully alive. 
we learned this week to expect more of God than we ever dreamed. And this will be the source of our Easter joy.